We're just gonna start this podcast off with a little bit of a spin session. You know what I'm saying? What's that? Are we recording? We recording. We live. Oh, I'm, I'm okay. just spinning. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. You know, I didn't bought us in with how you like to jam. I'm gonna bring us in with a little bit of my mix. You know I what I'm you. saying? I got you. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the I Got Sense podcast. Let me go ahead and roll that intro again. Yes, uh, we back. We bike back. However you want to say it, with another episode. I am your co-host, the young entrepreneur and creative director of Kali Creations, Andre Kali, and I have here with me the financial professional. I love how that drop right there. With years of experience in knowing how to make money, manage money, and make your money, make money for you. Shyon Simmons, everybody. Hey, what up? What up, everybody? It's your boy Shyon Simmons, the I Got Sense Investment Advisor. I'm still working on becoming DJ Dividends, baby. Uh-oh. Hey, guess what, y'all? Shion been uh, DJing on this, uh, or I'm t- DJing. He's been the one messing with the soundboard today. So if y'all hear his song, come on a lot, you know. Man, anybody that knows me, they know I ain't touched that boy. But I, I always take that Ed Paul making dollars over there, baby. Oh, man. Y'all heard it here first. Shion. How you feeling today, brother? Man, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, you know, uh, throughout this here podcast journey we've been on, um, um, I've also been, uh, you know, trying to make uh, better nutritional habits. And, uh, you know, I'm feeling a little better because I'm eating better. I'm drinking a whole lot more water. Um, but like I complain to you uh, almost every time I see you that I'm miserable, man. <laughs> I miss that grease, sugar, and salt. <laughs> it's all good, brother. You're making some good strides to a healthier lifestyle for yourself. Yes, sir. And when this economy uh, opens back up and uh, we get back to our normal um, daily lives, uh, I'm going to be stepping out looking good, man. That's it. You got the chill. Yes, sir. Got to get that brother's theme song playing. I need to throw the other one back on here. I think he was vibing with the other one a little more. I don't know, brother, but in addition to me having all this sense over here, I'm going to have some abs, too. Woo! (laughs) DJ Dividends. DJ Dividends. I got abs. That's it right there. Well... Let me not uh, digress anymore and get these, get these. I don't, I don't like when I start off saying these people. Let's give the people what they want to hear. Yeah, absolutely, man. What are we talking about today? What you got going on? Well, today I have a good episode for us. It is all about, you know, I like them dramatic pauses. Yes, sir. I'm used to those pauses now. That's your mode of operation. That's it right there. All right. So we are talking about how we have a habit of begging others to spend our money. You did? Oh, man. That's one of my pet peeves right there. I hate every time I see it now. Um, And I'm going to have to distinguish today um, because I don't want to undermine or devalue um, the importance of uh, what we've done throughout our struggles um, from slavery through Reconstruction and the Civil Rights Movement. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I'm I'm tired of seeing the marching and the protesting now, um, basically arguing and fighting um, for the rest of uh, mainstream America to let us into the establishment so we can spend our money with them. I think that's absurd. 
So it sounds like a, a, another way for us to tackle this issue would be to, for lack of uh, better explanation, leverage our economic power. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's my main thing right there. We have the economic power to uh, actually um, uh, leverage against the rest of America. Absolutely. And force them to give us a seat at the table. Mm. And with that, that allows us to know our buying power. Yes, sir. We have a buying power. I think it's uh, at $3.2 trillion of buying power that uh, the black uh, race has in America. 3.2, 3.9? 3. point somewhere. It, it's, it's, somewhere a, it's a there. trilly. It's a couple trillies. It, it's, it's, uh, yeah, 3.9 trillion. I'm looking at my notes over here now. So it's almost $4 trillion of buying power that we have. However, we haven't figured out how to unify and come together and leverage that $3.9 trillion. And, and so that's one of my main issues now that I harp on is that I don't want to boycott any restaurant or any business um, that has somehow disrespected us and uh, we're standing out front blocking the doors and telling them that we want to meet with them for them to meet our demands before we come back in. Hmm. So knowing our buying power sounds like we also have to know what we spend our money on. Oh man, we already know what we spend our money on. And so if we know what we're spending our money on, um, we should be able to stand back and take a look at uh, uh, um, the picture from a, a higher level and then go out and figure out how to get a, a stake in those industries because mm. we, we're spending about $1.2 trillion that I know we definitely can measure. Right. Um, on cars, on jewelry, um, uh, food, um, beauty supply stuff, liquor, entertainment. There are... Uh, 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 several uh, industries that we know for a fact that we have uh, the highest amount of spending in, but yet we have little equity in it at all. And I think that's absurd. Mm. So do you have any solutions? I have a dramatic pause for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't personally have any solutions, but I would love to dive into a well thought out conversation of the solutions that you may have. Yes, sir. And and, and I think this is polarizing um, within our community because uh, this is one of those topics where we kind of split down the middle. Um, there, there are some that are going to um, fall on the side where, yeah, we need to boycott. Mm. We need to protest. We need to march. We need to do a lot of things. And then there are people like me um, who was taught um, from a totally different perspective uh, coming up that, you know, you, you do not beg anyone to let you come in and spend your money with them. And so I'm always going to take that approach. So I'm not going to uh, protest a restaurant because they mistreated me. I'm just going to turn around and go somewhere else and spend my money. And if it comes down to it, I'll buy a loaf of bread and a pack of bologna and make my own sandwich before I beg a restaurant to let me in. There it is there. So it sounds like you know where you would like to go to get your food and you know how you should be treated when you go to get your food. Absolutely. And I shouldn't uh, I shouldn't have to be able to uh, uh, remind those uh, businesses of how um, I should be treated. I want to just be treated equally like everyone else. And and that's the whole plight with uh, uh, the state of uh, America now uh, with all this here racial tension going on. It's not that uh, black people uh, want to be treated um, better than everyone else. We just want to be treated equally. And it's obvious to everyone that 
we're playing by a different set of rules. And so when I go into a business and I can clearly see that I'm not being treated the same as everyone else, well, I'm not going to protest them. I'm just going to stop spending my money there. Right. Now, you had posed the question of if I had any solutions to solving this issue, right? And mm-hmm. as you were, you know, sharing your your bit of information here, I was thinking about it. I had given it some thought. Um, with that being said, how do you feel about there being one solution? Do you think there's one solution to to fixing this lack of equality, or do you think that there, or do you think that it should be warranted that? there are different ways that we can go about addressing it. One being the example of you simply leaving the establishment and refusing to pay uh, them for their services down the line, or let's say Billy Joe up the street decides, you know what, I'm a protest this place or Billy Jane up the street over there says, you know what, I'm going to go on social media and, and spark some conversation about my experience here. And Joe Billy around the corner may say, you know what, I'm leaving the Yelp review. And then Billy Billy, around the corner the other way may be like, you know what? We going to start a riot in the place. Right. Or um, the one solution that I think we should have is why don't we build our own economy? Why, why, why aren't we building our own infrastructure? Why aren't we uh, putting more emphasis on um, starting our own businesses so that we have our own restaurants in those industries that we uh, dominate, uh, uh, beauty supply, mm. seafood, you know the whole uh, uh, automobile thing. These are these are known industries where we um, have a propensity to spend a whole bunch of money, yet we don't own any of the businesses. So I think that's the solution that we have: going out and building up our infrastructure and start owning these businesses ourselves, so we can circulate this money amongst our um, business owners within our own community. And now we don't have the same problem we have anymore with be being disrespected when we go into other establishments to get services. Now, I don't want to sound like we're discrediting those who have started the businesses and provided these alternative options, which should be number one options for our people. Um, but how do we... What are your thoughts on this? How do we create an environment where we know where these resources are within our communities? We know that instead of going to this restaurant here, we can go to this restaurant here that actually shows equality and that actually is for us and may even be by us. Um, Or instead of going to this hospital, we can go to this hospital or instead of going to bank with these people, we can go to bank with our people. What are, what are some solutions you have in regards to that? Well, I, I think that's it's all going to come back to, and everything we talk about on these podcasts about um, I got sense and, uh, you know, managing your money and uh, making your money make more money for you. It's all going to come back to unity and identifying with ourselves first. And that's one of the big problems that we have um, as a race of people. Uh, once we uh, kind of uh, tore down the walls of segregation and we migrated over into integration, then all of a sudden everything that wasn't black was better than what we had. And so we have to kind of uh, bring um, everything back home 
um, to our core foundation and understand that we need to build within first. Right. And if we can build within first, then you can start to see a more of a focus of us providing the same services that we had to provide for ourselves when we were segregated and redlined away from the, uh, the rest of mainstream America. It kind of sounds like, uh, what was that? Um, in uh oh gosh, what's the name of the the, the, the area? I think it was Tosa, Tosa, Oklahoma. Yeah, that uh, Tosa. Black Black Wall Street. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's only the uh, most uh, uh, known one. Mm-hmm. Um, there are about nine different instances um, where there were uh, very uh, well established, thriving black communities back in the uh, uh, early 1900s um, that were destroyed by um, uh, white America. Um, simply because of uh, the oppression mindset and they didn't want to see us um, be able to uh, be uh, self-sufficient. Mm. But Tulsa is the uh, the classic example um, and that's what we kind of focus on now um, as the blueprint of what we should be striving to get back to as far as, far as building our own economy and having our own infrastructure to provide the goods and services to our own communities. Right on. Yeah. In, in regards to Tesla too, Tulsa, not Tesla. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Maybe you're thinking about investing. Over yeah, there. I'm definitely thinking about investing, but that's another, another episode, <laughs> another day. Um, in regards to Tulsa, um, let, let's talk about Tulsa a little bit for those who may not be familiar with Tulsa, Oklahoma and, and with the black wall street, consisted of as well as diving into the the fall of the black wall street or the destruction of the black wall street wall mm-hmm. street um so from my knowledge and what i've read they've had um it was a city in oklahoma um owned by us for us yes. meaning black owned yes. um for black for us for our community right. uh there were businesses from uh markets to restaurants to doctors to banks to i mean what what am i yeah, missing all, all of that stuff uh, our, our own uh self-standing uh community because we couldn't branch outside of that and use the uh businesses uh in um the white community so we had to have our own hospitals we had to have our own banks we had to have our own grocery stores all the core services um that uh, we need as a civil uh, civil society, um, all of those things existed uh, in what we refer to as Black Tulsa. And uh, within a day of rioting started, uh, white um, extremists came in and, and burned it and bombed it down to the ground and uh, basically eliminated it. Yeah, that's, that, that's very unfortunate and it seems to be a reoccurring thing that happens in our in our culture it almost seems like every time we get ahead as a people some some a random act of destruction comes into place and destroys it yeah absolutely everything that every time that we uh come up with something of value uh in america uh, somehow, some way, um, white America uh, figures out a way to either destroy it or take it away from us. And that's um, just a, a continuance of the oppressive uh, mindset that uh, white America has had towards African-Americans here um, uh, in this country. What is the importance of creating our own? 
outside of just having access to our own things? How does that translate to the lifestyle of the community in terms of health, in terms of wellness, in terms of stability? How does this look? Well, I mean, uh, naturally, if you have your own, um, and I've probably used the word self-sufficient um, several times already. If you have your own, um, it's just better for you. Um, you don't. Do, do you want to borrow a pair of my socks? No. Do you want your own socks? No, uh, yeah. Don't you want your own underwear? <laughs> yeah, I ain't borrowing yeah. nobody underwear. Don't you? I go dog guy free ball before I buy borrow somebody underwear. <laughs> don't you want to be able to jump in your own car and go to the store and spend your own money and just have the free will? to do what you want to do when you want to do it. Absolutely. You can't do that when you're relying on everybody else to uh, provide for you. Um, I, uh, I can't, can't recall it. Uh, I think it was uh, Cadillac Records. Um, there was a scene in Cadillac Records where uh, one of the uh, singers that was up under the white guy that owned uh, Cadillac Records, he basically uh, uh, chastised one of the other performers under there and said, aren't you tired of this man being your daddy? Mm. You know, and that's what it comes down to. And, and, and that's why I have such an issue with us. Uh, protesting um, these white establishments that have somehow been discriminatory towards us and um, now we are going to stand outside and march and, and have signs and call them racist and do all these other things and, and we're demanding that they change their attitudes and their um, policies to accommodate us more and I'm like I just simply do not believe in begging a business to let me in so I can come in there and spend my money with them and help them um, enrich themselves I, I, I just think that is outrageous now, this might be a topic for another conversation. So if it is, let me know. But how do you feel about, let's say, people in the corporate side of these businesses? They feel as though being in the rooms with the other leaders of these organizations creates opportunities from the ground up for us within these organizations, not only just as an employee, but also as a customer. Well, it does, and, and that makes sense, but um, our strategy has to be multifaceted. Mm -hmm. We do need people in those boardrooms. Mm -hmm. We do need seats at the tables. But what about down at the grassroots levels? What about down um, on, on the ground with the everyday common man that will not be in that office? Right. What, what about those things? Don't we uh, want to still have our own dignity and pride? Absolutely. We want to be able to walk in and be treated fairly like everyone else and not simply diminish um, on face value because we have dark skin. And, and that's what this whole thing is about. Oftentimes, you, me, and everyone else that's probably out there listening to this podcast, we felt it and we feel it every day. It, it's, it's a stigma that hasn't gone away in the history of this country, we don't get taken for face value like everyone else and we get treated and we have to abide by a totally different set of rules and we're fighting hard to change that. We want to see America get better. We want to see equality. Um, but in the meantime, we need to start shifting away from begging people to let us in their business and treat us better. We need to start focusing on building our own businesses, building our own economies and being self-sufficient again. And we can't keep going back to, well, they're just going to burn it down like they did to Tulsa. So what? 
when you fall down, don't you get up and keep trying? Absolutely. So that whole mindset of uh, I don't want to try anymore because they're just going to tear it up. That, that means that you, you're quitting. You're giving up. When you fall down, you don't stay down there and just cry. You get up and keep trying. And we're not doing that. Now, now when you say we're not doing that, you mean as a general statement as a a collective collective. as a collective we're not we're not doing it enough and then we're not recognizing the opportunities as Mm -hmm. much uh uh fish and shrimp as we eat why are we not one of the uh, major shareholders of uh restaurants and distribution companies that uh, uh provide fish and shrimp but Cheyenne, how do we go about doing that? Well, that I mean, that's all going to have to go back to, you know, the whole unity thing and mm. starting. Um, U-N-I-T-Y. Yes, sir. Starting with the accountability. And, and, and me personally, I honestly believe that our biggest uh, resource initially is the black church because we have millions and millions and millions of dollars being collected by our black churches every Sunday. And those pastors are running that money down to these here big corporate banks and putting the money back in. And those are the very banks that will not um, allow us to benefit from those pool resources. So we have to start with our black pastors with that, uh, those tithes offerings that we're providing to them on a regular basis. And then we need to start funneling that money to start setting up our own businesses and rebuilding our own communities. We need housing. We need schools. We need restaurants. We need hospitals. We need banks. We need lawyers. We need accountants. If we had all those resources ourselves readily available in all our major cities and towns, then would we really be over here arguing and fighting at a restaurant in the, uh, on the other side of town because they treat us bad? It also sounds like we need the resources to advertise these solutions to highlight the fact that some of these exist, but people don't know about them. They don't know and they don't understand. And everyone is just uh, down at the uh, we were still in the survival mode. So no one is really looking strategically about any of these things. We're, We're basically just trying to figure out how to survive and how to get by. So naturally, if we've let everybody else come set up in our communities, are we really going to bypass, you know, those convenience stores and those beauty supply places and those little small uh, restaurants that only a block away to go five blocks over to go to an establishment that's owned by one of us? We're probably not going to do that, but we have to get back to where do we make the sacrifice and let's get everybody on on, on one accord so Mm -hmm. that we all collectively are willing to make those sacrifices. And then once we start making those sacrifices, if we're going to protest um, against anyone, we need to start protesting against these black-owned businesses that have the poor customer service. We need to start giving them the resources to help them to be able to bring down their prices to something more competitive with everyone else. I understand that there are problems with the black-owned businesses. We don't have the infrastructure. We don't have the resources. And, of course, our customer service is lacking, and we can't be as competitive. Those are all very well-known facts. But the more and more we get um, um, people to sacrifice, the more and more we get everyone to get on one accord, um, the better we're going to be at making those tiny improvements and and, and getting forward to where we want to be at step by step. But Shia, 
I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. Everybody listening. I'm playing devil's advocate. Just okay. because I'm playing devil's advocate does not mean that I believe <laughs> in what I'm getting ready to say. Okay. It means that I am taking the stance of someone who could potentially believe in what I'm going to say. Okay. Just had to clear that up because, you know, I've said this in the past and it's been overlooked. But anyway, gotcha. Gotcha. Um, but Cheyenne, I dig what you're saying, brother. Me playing devil's advocate, hypothetically speaking, I have a business. Okay. I have a family. Okay. In order for me to sustain living in the environment that I live in, okay. I don't live in the richest of areas. Mm-hmm. I live in a average area. Okay. I got rent. I got bills. Gotcha. I'm an entrepreneur. Okay. This is my only source of income. If I lower my prices anymore, I'm going to be living in that car. How much That's sacrifice do I need to make for the betterment of our people? Well, like I said, if that's your predicament, playing devil's advocate, we understand that. But going forward, when we start the next business, when the next entrepreneur comes along to address a need in our community, why are we not pooling our resources together, having a community resource where these entrepreneurs can come to and gather information. Mm -hmm. And when I say information, I'm talking about how to properly start, uh, how to properly start a business. Mm -hmm. Uh, Are there any resources within our community where we can get the capital to start? Are there any other communities uh, nearby or within this here same region that we can pool our money together. And now instead of you taking your $600 and going over to the uh, grocery store and buying your stuff retail and then bringing it back to your small business and having to mark it up beyond what retail is, Mm -hmm. let's pool your money together with the other businesses within your region and then let's bulk purchase. So now if you can bulk purchase and go in and buy all your resources, you're not buying it from the retail grocery store. You're buying it from the distributor now. And now you're getting it at wholesale price. So by the time you get it back to your business, now you can have a competitive price point. Mm. Like Is that, that confusing you? No, I'm that saying? makes sense. That makes okay. sense. But I do have a question again, playing devil's advocate for someone who would potentially Take this stance. Mm-hmm. I hear what you're saying, brother, but I don't trust anybody, or I don't trust just everybody, or I don't trust just anybody is what I was trying to say. So, although I appreciate the opportunity to pull resources together, I don't know Adam Joe from left to right. And this is my business that I've put my hard earned effort into. Gotcha. So, if they're going to pull their money and invest in my business. I would anticipate that they want a percentage of my business to some degree, to yes. some degree. Yes. Now I don't know this brother. Mm-hmm. What do you say to that? Well, like I've talked about in the past, why can't we set up a national black coalition? Why don't we have a council of elders in each community for you to go to? Let them be the ones to uh, 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 oversee you going through the community and finding these other resources that you might not necessarily trust directly. Mm-hmm. Having the, the, our council of elders vet that, 
um, you know, having some infrastructure in place, just like we do now, when we want a loan, we don't know the people at the bank, but we go over there and ask them for the money, don't we? That is true. Why can't you do that in your own community? So this goes back to our history as slaves and how there's been this big wedge driven between all of us. So, you know, conquer and divide is the greatest strategy ever Mm -hmm. in the history of mankind. So we have this here psychological disadvantage of not only coming from an oppressed and enslaved people, but when we were enslaved, we were pitted against each other. You know, we still got issues with light skin versus dark skin. I hate it. The field versus the house. You know, all of these types of things. And so now that we are uh, some... 157 years beyond slavery, we are more trusting of every other race of people but our own. When we see another person that looks and walks and talks like us, we see that as a threat. And so, yeah, we're naturally untrusting of each other because we see each other as just hustlers and slicksters. And that's a mindset that we also have to work on. That's a whole nother conversation, but I get where you're coming from, but where do we start? At what point do we say someone has to step out on faith? We're 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 very religious people, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Where's all this faith at? So we can't be on one hand talking about making sure we in the presence of the Lord on Sunday and praising and all this here stuff and having all this faith. But then when it's time to go out and start the business, you saying, well, I don't know him. I don't trust him. I'm like, how, how do we reconcile that? Right. Am I answering your question or am I giving you a whole bunch of gibberish? You're not giving me a whole bunch of gibberish, but you are giving me a whole bunch of valuable information. I, I appreciate that. I hope as I am. the person playing devil's advocate okay. and taking this stance as mm-hmm. a person playing devil's advocate, mm-hmm. not my personal opinion, but taking the stance of someone gotcha. who would, you know, I'm just reiterating for the folks listening. <laughs> oh, I understand. I understand. You've given me a lot of perspective, a lot of different modes of thinking for me to consider for my situation and you know this is this is my uh, perspective um, because you know I read a lot right Mm -hmm. I I get my leisure and relaxation out of reading Um, so I have studied our history a whole lot and so I can look to the books and all the literature that's out there that I've read through um, some of them multiple times Um, there there are now videos that uh, supplement that but we have the blueprint we have the business models. We have done this before. We, we started out the podcast talking about Tulsa. Mm-hmm. So to me, uh, it's ironic that when we were segregated and boxed in and white America didn't let us cross those lines, how we were able to thrive. We were able to build these businesses. We were able to somehow have the faith or muster up enough trust to work with somebody else over here that was going to loan us some money. Or if we had to build one house at a time, everybody in the community decided whose house we're going to build first. And everybody focused on that house. And once we got that house built, we started on the next house. Mm. And, and and like right around this here whole COVID time, that whole um, so-so you know that Susu investment thing, <laughs> blah blah blah. I've been meaning to ask you about this yeah. too, because people hit me up about it, and I'm just like, you know, I'm, I think I yeah. did talk to you about it. Yeah, and, and this is this is, like, this is a know. little, it's a little off that. topic. It's yeah. a little off topic, but that whole Susu 
um, 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 concept. Yeah. It goes back. It's a, a, a African concept, but that whole concept only works when there's honesty and integrity. Exactly. And everybody honors their word. Exactly. And so now that we are no longer segregated and boxed in, mm-hmm. um, the integrity and the trust amongst each other has been diminished down to nothing. Mm. And so a lot of the comprehension that you're talking about at, uh, while you play devil's advocate about, I don't know that brother and I don't know him and I don't trust him. Mm-hmm. It's easy to say that now because we look at integration as I have, um, I have availability to everything and I don't have to stay here and deal with just the black folks anymore. And I think that's the big difference. So that's what I'm talking. I believe this here work and this is my perspective because when we're boxed in and we don't have any other options, we make it work. That's facts. Once they open up the gates. Had to drop that coin for everybody okay. that's listening. I, I hear that coin over there. What that coin mean? Hey. I mean you dropping some sense. I'm dropping some, some sense over here. But hey, but but once they open up the floodgates and they said everything is integrated and now we can go wherever um, we want to go to spend our money wherever we want to spend it and, 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 and have just a plethora of different options. Now, all of a sudden, um, buying black and supporting black and being a part of a self-sufficient black economy, that just all dissipated overnight because mm-hmm. now everything else was better than what we had ourselves. When in some cases, looking at history with the whole segregation of restrooms, fountain, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. The non-black ones did appear to be better. Mm-hmm. The black ones were not so good. Right. But in terms of being a self-sufficient community, I see what you're saying. Right. Yes. And, and once we get self-sufficient as a community, then we can start polishing and making the infrastructure better. Mm-hmm. We can improve the infrastructure then. But we have to start figuring out how to change our mindset that we're all committed to come back to build our own economies, put our own infrastructure in place where we own our own schools, our own um, hospitals, our own banking and financial systems, our own policing, our own police and all of that stuff, you know, and and, then once you have all of that in house now, um, you can go out and talk to the council elders and now they can find the entrepreneurs that can go out there and start manufacturing, um, you know, fish and, 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 and uh, all the seafood stuff that we like to eat. And now we can set that, that business up and provide that services service to our community. You know what I'm saying? And then you move on to the next industry, all these industries where we know we spend trillions and trillions of dollars at why don't we have any ownership in those things why don't we um invest our time and efforts in building that up and getting some of that market share it's just beyond me yeah that encouraged me to um actually uh go out and become a licensed investment advisor because for all of these years you know we're making money we got tons of money coming through our hands but i saw growing up with my own family and growing up in my 20s how we as black people we had this idea that we didn't want to listen to a black man talking about investments and doing things with your money financially we wanted to go over and talk to a gray-haired blue-eyed white man that was about 50 years old now tell me i'm lying no that's facts because somehow we trusted him more than we trusted the brother over here that looked like us because we only see him as some slick fast talking 
nickel hustler. Yeah. And and so that is you can you can you can say okay that comes from slavery, I get it. Well, also too to be fair, unfortunately there are people who don't have the best intentions for our own people. So I can see how that can shift a person's perspective of deciding to work with. Hey, I can a brother, but not just because that one brother is that way doesn't mean that the next brother is, is that way. And I think that's a mindset that our people oftentimes get caught up in as well. I can personally attest to that. Um, I can I, I can tell you firsthand that other than in the court system, everybody that has hustled me or stolen from me has been somebody that looked just like me. Mm-hmm. Everybody. I have not had one single person outside of my black race that stole from me as a businessman. But if I talk about the ones that did steal, like I said, they look like me and the list probably runs over onto page two. So that 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 is something that, you know, I do acknowledge. Yeah. There are some hustlers out there and we're always going to have to deal with the bad seeds. But what about the greater good? And, you know, exactly. and everything I talk about, I always talk about the greater good and having the knowledge and understanding to be able to vet the process, to mitigate the risk. But still in all, we need to be trying to move forward towards building our own infrastructure so that we can become self-sufficient because I just do not subscribe to I'm going to boycott this business over here because they didn't treat me right. Yeah, I'm not going to demand that they change their rules and they apologize so that I can come on in and sit at their counter and hand them my hard-earned money. I think I can speak even louder by not spending my money with them at all. I agree. But I could also see the other side of boycotting and choosing not to spend your money with them to affect change and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, gosh, I'm not sure. Uh, more diversity, more okay. diversity. Okay. Um, so as a result, let me let me draw back my thoughts. Mm-hmm. So what I was saying is, I can I can also see both sides of, of the situation. I can see the side of boycotting to not spend your money with them to affect change. So that way, it becomes a more diverse environment. Mm-hmm. Um. But I can also see your side of it saying, let's just not spend money with them at all. Let them figure it out. I feel like both sides may have a pro and a con. They do. Both both sides yeah. do have a pro and a con. But where do you get the most result from? Mm. When you let, Let's take a look at Dr. King and his civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. They let him organize. They let him protest. They let him lead marches. Um, they let that man represent and be the voice of a people for almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. But the minute that brother starts saying, no, we going to stop riding the bus and took that money out of their pocket, they killed him. Yeah. Because now you you messing with my money. Yeah. And and that's my only thing about this. This whole, is true. Uh, I, I see what you, I see what you I, did I, there. I'm, I'm talking about I'm not <laughs> I'm talking about the money. I'm not yeah. and, and I think when we first started this podcast, that's one of the things that I mentioned you um that my granddaddy taught me. You better not ever, ever let me catch you begging nobody else to let you spend your money with them. Yeah. Do not beg. You know what? That's oh my gosh. That that <laughs> that brings me to that whole story you hear of uh people with money, maybe a rapper, maybe a singer, maybe an artist, maybe an actor, whomever, people with money, mm-hmm. 
you know, they they go to this store and they're mistreated by this store employee. Mm-hmm. They turn around and buy up the store. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. But at the same time, you've just enriched that owner. Well, you? that's what I'm saying. You yeah. said that you think that's good. You flexing on yourself, though. Well, but I mean, so I mean, there are no absolutes. Yeah, that's but right. if you do buy them out, and well, then, no, I'm okay. Let me let, let me be more specific. You're thinking in terms of buying out the store, as in owning the store. Yeah, own I'm the saying store. buying out the store, as in. Let's say we go to Versace, and I'm not speaking on Versace in a negative way because I ain't had no bad interaction with him personally, but we'll just do Gucci. When Gucci had the whole situation, let's just say um, I go into a Gucci store, Sue, the 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 person, the registered mm-hmm. person or whatever, um, you know, is, is being discrimin- discriminatory towards me. Discrim- mm-hmm. She's discriminating against me, uh, following me around the store. Mm-hmm. Looking at me crazy and asking me questions, you know, just being being a bad uh, representation of the company. Mm-hmm. So what I do, I turn around and just be like, you know what? I don't want to work with you. I'm going to work with her and I'm going to buy everything up in here. I think that's foolish. Exactly. See, that, now you understand foolish. what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. I understand. I thought you were saying buy the whole business. No, no, no. Buy and the whole business get, is a different flex. Whole, yeah, and get rid, yeah, of, get rid of them. Yeah, no, nah, that's a, that's, <laughs> yeah. look, that's, that's what, what I'm talking, talking about. Yeah, yeah. we on the same yeah. page there. That's what I'm talking about, but I'm not going to give, if Gucci has employees or representatives that are going to treat me different than they treat other customers, yeah. then I'm not spending my money with Gucci at all. Not only that Gucci store, mm-hmm. Gucci period. Right. Gucci so in a sense, isn't rocks. that one of the solutions of, of the boycotting? Financial boycotting. Yes, financial boycotting. Right, okay. Yes. Withholding your money. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes what I see with the boycotting is you're just going to isolate the specific location where you felt you were disrespected or discriminated against and then you're demanding that they give you an apology and say, of course we want you in here. Yeah. Come on in. Yeah. And now you feel better but you're still going in there spending your money there. I'm not doing that. Yeah. I, th- I think that's absurd. So let me ask you this. Uh, pro- let me pose a different scenario. Back mm-hmm. to the Gucci case. Okay. Gucci case study. So uh, I believe last year or maybe the year before this year so much is going on i can't remember (laughs) but uh, i do know recently over the past two to three years gucci had a scenario or a situation where they released a product that was essentially like blackface or something basically it was it was distasteful to the black community was that the one where they had different t-shirts um but the the uh, uh model kid that was black had on that was shirt? h&m okay yeah that was okay. h&m that's another story okay. but the, we can we can draw that one in too but uh well, i just want to focus on this one because mm-hmm. this one kind of came into place with the whole boycotting so uh wealthier people within the black community or more popular people from a entertainment standpoint decided to boycott Gucci, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, long story short, Gucci issued this statement and they also hired Dapper Dan to represent Gucci and to include some more diversity within the organization. And allegedly they, they got a lot of diversity going on now. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that that's an appropriate solution or do you think that we should have just not even gone back to them, let them do what they do and move on to the next? Me personally, I would agree with the latter. We should have just cut them loose. Yeah. that That's me personally. Mm-hmm. Forget Gucci. Let's come up with Poochie. 
know, let, you know, <laughs> let, you know, let 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 uh, sh- uh you know, uh, Puffy, uh, uh, one of the clothing designers that already yeah. have the infrastructure, Damon James, uh, Johns, uh, <laughs> uh, them brothers, they already got the infrastructure. Let them come up with Poochie or something. Yeah, I would. Well, you know, Master P got the Moon Yachtis. Oh yeah, well the Moon Yacht, whatever, brother. But <laughs> but that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I would I would rather stop giving you my money all together. Mm-hmm. And move on to another product that's comparable to what you're already offering because protesting might get your attention. And if you're a smart, prudent business person, you're going to do what you need to do to protect those dollars. You don't want to lose that revenue. So if you have to come out and put on a show or be sincere and making your apology and doing some public relations stuff and hiring a few more of us to come in and represent um, to maintain that market share. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what you should do. We we have to be be able to see beyond that and say, that is just the one instance where we caught your hand in the cookie jar. Mm. That's, but, but that's only one of many that's been going on forever. Right. And you know what? We're just not gonna do business with you anymore. We're going to move on to something else back in our own community. That's more so the approach that I'm taking. Interesting. Not interesting like I disagree, but interesting like that's a that's a different perspective. Yeah, and 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 and, and like I said, we have to start um, at the lowest level possible and work on some of those industries where we know we're spending a bunch of money. And we have to do what we need to do to get our own people set up and have those businesses within our own communities to provide that service to us. And then as we learn and grow and build up or build upon that and get the momentum, then we can start tackling other industries and bigger fish that are out there to fry. You know, that's a that's I think that's a good uh, (laughs) excuse me. This is a side bar to our conversation but kind of in line with the whole Gucci situation but it may be a deeper conversation or a deeper dive into a different conversation uh, we should definitely talk about luxury brands I think okay. um, you know in a later episode because mm-hmm. I I find it interesting how people buy things based on the name of it rather than the look of it the feel of it the quality of it Yeah, you know some someone will go buy a Gucci shirt because this Gucci across my chest says that or at least gives the perception of I have money. Yeah, that's Whereas right. this Gucci shirt and this Hanes shirt, they could be shaped exactly the same. One may just not say anything, which would be the Hanes, and one may say Gucci. That, that, that's a mindset, and, and, and I think that falls under uh, what they call premium branding. Hmm. Um, and so that that's viable, and I, I don't have uh, anything against uh, businesses that decide to have a, a premium brand. I don't either, but I have something against the mindset right, of people who. <clears throat> I have something against the mindset of our people when they decide to go and purchase these things solely based off the fact that this will allow me to be perceived as someone who has money. Well, I don't even personally like this, but I'm going to buy it because it's Gucci. Well, brother, what is the whole premise of the I Got Sense uh, podcast? Isn't this here whole thing managing your money and your finances 80% behavior and only 20% knowledge? Yeah. So it's the behavior. It's the mindset. Yeah, yeah you're right. But that's why I would say it. It'd be a good conversation for oh, us yeah, to have it, it, folks, Yeah, you know? it, it could be a great conversation. We could definitely uh, uh, put one of these here shows together and talk about those types yeah. of things and dive a little deep into it. Um, but because the, I think that goes hand in hand with what we were saying here about learning what we actually spend our money on. Right. I mean, no. as, a, as a whole. 
Right. We know and we see it. Yeah. What are we doing about it? We're not doing anything about it or the things that we are doing about it. It's not constructive. It's not really advancing the cause. You you hear us talking about advancing the culture all the time. When are we going to start advancing the cause? Yeah. I think that's what Jay-Z was saying, even when everybody uh, gave him backlash about partnering with the NFL and Roger Goodell. And his thing was... We've been protesting and complaining forever. What What's next? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. What is next? Well, that's, that brings me to another good point. I don't know if you heard about uh, Ice Cube situation when he went and met with the Republican Party to, mm-hmm. you know, push some, have a conversation about pushing yes. some things forward in, in, in regards to the agenda of the black community from his perspective. But he also made it a point to try to meet with the Democratic Party. And they said after the elections, now he's getting backlash because yes. people were saying, oh, Cubist for Trump, blah, 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 blah. Yes, I I, um, I wrote uh, several posts on social media about that because mm-hmm. I was probably one of the ones giving him more backlash than support. Mm-hmm. And I think his uh, case is uh, one um, where we, we have this say, uh, saying that the operation was successful, but the patient still died. Yeah. So he did the right thing. He just did it the wrong way. That's uh, my okay. personal opinion. Okay. Because you have to keep in mind that Ice Cube is known for what? Being rebellious against right. the government and police and. Niggas with attitude. Yeah. I'm not with the franchise. Yeah. I'll never have dinner with the president. Yeah. You know, Fridays, let's get high, let's smoke some weed. Yeah. You know, all of those types Old of things. Old school Ice so, Cube, yeah. Yes. Young Ice so, Cube. So uh, if you had um, any uh, um, contract with Black America, um, I can respect that. I understand that. But the timing of it. Yeah. Three weeks before the election. And then you're going to meet with the people that represent the one guy who has gone out of his way to show us he ain't got no holler for black folks at all. His entire resume is riddled with I ain't with black folks mm-hmm. from the uh, Central Park Five to all the housing issues he's had where he's discriminated against black people. Um, look how he treated Steve Harvey, um, Jim Brown, uh, Ray Lewis, uh, Omarosa, yeah. uh, Silk and Diamond, Stacy Dash. He has a propensity for using black people as props. And then when he's gotten out of them, what he want, he discards them like he just blew his nose with a piece of tissue. Yeah, that, that those are facts. That evidence is out there. So for uh, Ice Cube to come along, I know his intention was well. Yeah, I know he wants to see better for his people. But you have to look at the execution of it, and I, I think the way he went about executing it was just not. Um, um, on par with where it should be because mm-hmm. first of all like I say not to discredit him uh, look at uh, Ice Cube's body of work so is he the representative that we really need calling um, the uh, Republican uh, uh, office or the Democratic office saying I need to meet with you all and I need to meet with you today or else does that make sense well, coming no, from Nelson Mandela, it, it, it makes sense. Coming from Ice Cube, come on, brother. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, but also to me being someone who may not know all the full information of how mm-hmm. this exactly went about, um, I don't know if maybe he had people within his party of mm-hmm. people um, 
that were worthy of being in those doors to have the conversation. I think a lot of the times too, we get caught up on the main person with the biggest image or profile mm-hmm. initiating these meetings without understanding all of the moving components of it. Like maybe, I don't know if he did or not. He could have had somebody who was, should be in that room speaking yeah. on behalf of our people or he could yeah. not have. So yeah. I don't know, but um, your perspective has definitely shed light on a different way of approaching this situation because I was torn. I couldn't understand why people were, were bashing them. And I'm like, you know, I'm the, I'm personally the type of person who believes in putting in action. Now, mm-hmm. I also understand the analogy is chess, not checkers. Right. And in regards exactly. to this, it sounds like he was playing a checkers move in a game of chess. Or it, was, it just might be uh, the, the, the case of he's the messenger and the appearance of the messenger means a whole lot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Especially it, in the today's climate where yeah, one sign, one one moment you show your interaction with one side, now you olive or you you Democrat or now you Republican. Absolutely. Or now you, you know, it's 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 just wild. But I definitely could understand that the brother didn't have mal intent. And I no, could also no. understand that the timing of it may have been a little off. Right, exactly. And 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 you know that would that that would be kind of like uh to give you a, a, a somewhat of an analogy. Um, you know, having um R. Kelly in charge of uh, picking up the cheerleading squad Whoa. to take them to practice. Like, come on, <laughs> I think bro. that might be a little extreme. <laughs> but you know, but I mean, that, that's how I'm seeing. Look here, Ice Cube. Uh, not no disrespect at all, but who are you to demand a meeting with the Democratic or the Republican Party three weeks before the election? Where were you at when we had a black president in the office for eight years? Yeah. How did how, how did this just pop but up? But also now? too, I mean, there's so many moving pieces to the story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, Who's yeah. to say he didn't try it when Obama was in office? Well, he sure didn't use his platform like he did now. Yeah. The social media was around in 2008. Yeah. That brother done dropped a lot of albums. He done done a lot of film. He has. But also too, I was I. I'm just. I'm not yeah. trying to stall him out. I'm trying to stall him out, but I'm not trying to stall him out. But I, got I think I could just chalk it up to the simple fact that good intent, wrong timing. Exactly. Yeah. And and, and my only my only um, issue that I have now with it is he instead of saying, hey, now that I look at it, now that I've had some time to reflect on it, maybe I could have gone about it another way. Maybe there's a, a you know a better way to approach this thing, or like we talked about uh, earlier, having a council of elders that you go to and get advisement from. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he doubled down. He doubled down and basically said, "I don't care what y'all say." Yeah. You know, it's either the Q plan or no plan at all, and so I think that's where a lot of the backlash is coming from because he's first self-appointed. So if you talk about a contract with black America, who has he vetted this contract with? Did he meet with all the black people? I've been black a long time. You know, my brother, he didn't get in touch with me. Yeah, (laughs) I could definitely see how the masses can take offense to it. But I I would like to believe that there was more planning and preparation. So what what if the media may spin it? So what, what if you were calling the White House saying you got a contract with black America and then I had a contract? What if all of us had a contract with black? But I think that may go back to what we were discussing today. And what's that? Unity. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That yeah. was the whole reason why I brought up the okay, example right, of, yeah. of that. So we can identify how in real time um, we could tighten up certain facets within our community right. to make sure our agendas are, are heard and actions put behind them. Yeah. Um, and that's what makes this here so hard. Yeah. Going, going back to today's topic about um, getting unified and trying to build our own infrastructure mm-hmm. instead of putting all our energy fighting and, and, and fussing with everyone else to let us be a part of them. Yeah. Let's get together and build our own thing back up because we have a blueprint from the uh, past. When we were segregated, we figured out a way how to build our own communities and be self-sufficient. The right. problem that we have now is that we are so far removed from slavery and we have exercised our independent freedoms. Now, everyone is so far gone that we can't get together and agree on anything. We're kind of, we're we're back to the whole um, divide and conquer mindset because for each one of us that say left, the other half say right. If we say up, the other half Mm -hmm. say down. And now even coming down to uh, the November 3rd election, you have more and more people making the argument for Trump as making the argument against Trump. Mm -hmm. And so we as a people, we can't get together um, and agree on anything except for how to do the electric slide. Now we can, you know, we can wobble, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's some things we can get together on, but then like the most important things, we seem to self implode because we're constantly fighting each other. And, Mm -hmm. And that's what I like about other races of people. You look at the Latino community, you look at the Asian community, you look at the Arab community. They have all their internal problems and they have just as many, uh, just as many issues and dysfunctions as we have. But when it comes um, um, to a collective as a race of people, mm-hmm. they stick together. Yeah, They do their thing. They only do business with each other. They share their resources. And, and and I know you being here in Southern California, you've seen for yourself from the Latino community. They will live 14 deep in a three-bedroom, one-bath house and all go out and work and pool that money together and pay for their house. Yeah. And then once they pay for their house, they, on to the next one. they will be on to the next house. And before you know it, they all got their own house and all got their own house being rented out. Exactly. And I've seen it firsthand where a brother uh, would pass up buying a rental property. He'd pass up partnering with a group of brothers about that rental property. And that house stays there dilapidated. But then the Latino brother come along. He done scraped up the money somehow, some way amongst his people, not from the bank. He done bought the house. And then within three or four days on a Saturday morning, right around 6 a.m., 15 trucks pull up. (laughs) And it's all his family and friends and everybody in that community that he's with. And before you know it, that Saturday, that Sunday, that Monday into Monday evening, they done worked on that house. And before you know it, by Wednesday that next week, that house available for rent. Mm -hmm. Now, tell me you haven't seen that happen a million times here yeah, in I've L.A. alone. It. I've seen it. I've seen and that's the stuff I'm talking about. How do we get back to unifying? How do we get back to building our own infrastructure and working with each other? How I think I got a solution. What's that solution? That's what I asked you about earlier. Well, you know, we've talked. Okay. okay. I've had some time to ponder. Okay. <laughs> to think about it. Okay. <laughs> uh, the solution that I would propose. I'm sorry. Not. 
the solution that I have is simple. It starts with ourselves. Absolutely. On a on an individual level. Absolutely. It starts with our mindset. Can I say amen? Amen. Yeah, if I need you, should I drop a coin? Yeah, drop a coin, brother. Amen. Brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be a little more detailed about our mindset and it started within ourselves. I mean, it starts with, I believe we touched on it in the first episode uh, about the I Got Sense perspective. Yes. Uh, but basically it starts with being morally and ethically sound in, in regards to how we treat ourselves, right. how we treat those around us, more specifically how we treat our family. Right. And our extended family, our extended family being people that are within our same culture and race. Absolutely. Uh, and even in the creative boardroom, we've talked about that because we have that one episode that's coming up that's going to be a three or four part series that yeah. speaks directly to this. Yeah, exactly. But it, I personally believe it's all about mindset. Um, we have to separate our own thoughts and allow ourselves to process our own thoughts before being or before having so much information thrown at us from media, entertainment, other people in, 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 in places of power. And that's the and that and that's the tough part. And I think I spoke about this here earlier uh, in one of our episodes. And I might be wrong. It might have been a seminar that I did for um, a big group. Mm -hmm. But uh, the 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 funny thing about America is, from the time you go to kindergarten and pre K, the 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 uh, curriculum is the same. Yeah. Our entire American society um, is taught he who comes up with the best idea is the one who gets to be king and get all the gold and then you make everybody else work for you. Capitalism. Yeah. And so the, that capitalism, that's kind of where we are as a race of people. Everybody's out doing their own thing and yeah. it's every man for himself. But the flaw in that is, is that we're the only race of people that didn't get that incubation period where we know our culture and we have those uh, standards and bylaws and a code of conduct of how we conduct ourselves amongst each other and how we treat each other and how we hold each other accountable. We don't have that. Everyone else has that. So that's why you can see that there is a Chinatown. And well, as a career town and all these other races of people, mm -hmm. they stick to themselves first. And when they're good as a collective, yeah. then they branch out. We haven't got the part where we stick together as a collective. And you, you, you know what? Um, speaking from personal experience, you know, it's interesting. To, to the point that you're making. Sorry, I'm, I'm processing my thoughts as, as no I'm, as I'm no uh, speaking. Uh, I don't want to misspeak. But um, yeah, so to the point that you were making about working together, coming together, personally speaking, I found it to be uh, one of those scenarios where until you prove yourself, mm -hmm. you can ask for the help. You can present ideas and, and show the blueprint of how you know this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. But until you prove that it happens, nobody's going to listen to you. 
I agree with you 100%, but I'll go a little bit further with that and add a caveat to yeah. that. The most valuable asset you have is your own effort. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I. That's, that's why I'm in the position I'm yeah. in now. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm not I'm not knocking that. And then mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm also not disregarding family. Mm-hmm. For me, family has been a big support system. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking more so from uh, acquaintances, mm-hmm. maybe even friends or maybe even people who would like to do business with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, from my personal experience, it's come across as, you know, I do have knowledge about this. I have a specialized knowledge. I have mm-hmm. mentorship that's already in a place of success. Um, I have a blueprint. I have a plan. And then I have right. ability. And then to add it all together, I have the effort. Uh, so when presenting these ideas to others, it may not be heard or it may not. It may just kind of be brushed off. But then once they see you doing it, they're like, oh, I got these questions for you. I want to know this. I want to know that. And it's like, that's the key. Right? <laughs> that's the key right there, my brother. Are you being the example you want to see in everybody else? Yeah. And that's why I said it starts with you. Right. Because exactly. once you and I understand everybody's baseline is different. Some start up here. Some start mm-hmm. right here. Some start way down here. But at the end of the day, if you have conviction in your soul and your mindset Absolutely. that you're going to grow. And you're going to figure out how to grow from whatever you, wherever you start, whether it's all the way up there, all the way down there or in between, mm-hmm. you're going to make change and you're going to impact the, 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 I look at it this way. The lower you start, the more people you're going to impact on your way up. Absolutely. Those that want to change. Yeah. And those that don't want to change are those that are not there. Unfortunately, uh, sometimes you just have to move on and maybe catch them on the next time or hope that they catch a ride with somebody else. But everybody is not at the same point at the same time you are. So we're never going to be able to get everyone to get on board. Um, But this is a critical time uh, in America in 2020. This is a great opportunity for us to at least all agree that this has been an eye-opening year. Yeah. I mean, we've seen uh, the worst of the worst, um, but at the same time, seeing that that bad side, I, I see unlimited opportunity. Absolutely. And we have, Absolutely. To, we, we have to all agree that there's opportunity there. Um, for us to even have a chance to kind of move forward and implement some of these things that I know and that, um, can make uh, us a better uh, make make us a better people, and that comes with mindset, right? Having a growth mindset, yes, sir. Seeing being able to see the opportunity in a room full of darkness, yes, sir, is what the growth mindset is about. Absolutely, because in a room full of darkness, you have to close your eyes and go from within. Absolutely, and I, I'll be the first one to admit I came from darkness. Yeah. I started from the bottom, so I, I feel you 100%. And it took me looking within mm-hmm. myself and acknowledging what I'm doing is not for a greater good and wanting to make that change. Right. And that's where we all have to start if we want to um, progress uh, any further. And, 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 and like I said, that's my whole passion with I got sense in the first place. Absolutely. How do you get to the next step? You got to start with yourself. If you want to change the world, you got to start right there in your own yard. Yeah. I agree. I couldn't agree with you more. So, <laughs> but but this, this whole episode here about uh, not 
begging everybody else to let us in and be a part of them. Um, it has to. It's going to always circle back to us getting on the same page or at least getting in the same cadence and trying to move in the right direction and work on us first. And and like, um, I wish we had a research assistant so they could pull this information up and just talk about how dollars circulate amongst different races of people. Oh, you but know, the, since you brought that up, I was dollars. looking at something about Tulsa and how the dollar circulated. And uh, according to this article written on history.com, mm-hmm. you know, the History Network, uh, the article is titled, Tulsa's Black Wall Street Flourished as a Self-Contained Hub in the Early 1900s. Yes, sir. Um, and I quote directly from the article, it was said within the community every dollar would change hands 19 times before it left the community and in 2020 it's less than one day yeah maybe even less than a couple hours yes amongst our amongst us and when you look at even the latino community they circulate those dollars amongst each other almost five times more than we do and then as you progress up to white america um i think the last time i saw those statistics they circulate a dollar amongst themselves about 29 times Mm. so we like i said we see where the problems are yeah we see what the issues are. We see the the, the, the the industries that we dominate. We have resources available to us. And we're just lacking on the execution part. And well, I will say there has been a lot more effort on the execution part. I think it's only a matter of time now before we as a collective come to a unified stance on the execution part. I'll take that. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely take that. Yeah. So hey, I'm 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 all for it. I know I'm over here doing the very best I can with As what I have, and I'm trying to contribute my part. And not only with me, I'm holding my immediate family accountable too. So you know, absolutely, I'm on my son's head all the time. I've uh, given my daughter standards and expectations, and I've also been an example of what they should be looking for in a life partner too. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think I'm doing the very best I can. Um, and I just hope that uh, everyone else can um, start looking within themselves to first do the best that they can. Yeah. And But even when we all start doing the very best we can, we still have another hurdle to overcome. And that other hurdle is, are we all getting the same information? Because that's another problem. Mm-hmm. Everyone can be doing the very best they can. But if you're getting information that's not good or beneficial to the greater good, then that's, you know, like I said, that's another thing that we got to worry about. And so you, you know, that's why I have a a, a lot of problems with uh, um, the the cats out on the corner teaching the younger cats how to hustle in the game. Yeah. You know, how to, you know, that that's all they really know. That's all the information they have, but they're planting seeds and, um, you know, uh, investing into a young life, but they're sending that young life against the grain. Right. And so how do you get everyone on the same page in the in, uh, in the information age that we're in now to be able to filter through all the noise and we all get the same information and we all believe uh, in the same information and we all start moving in the same direction at the same cadence. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's a symphony. 
Oh yeah, that's a simple. <laughs> and, and it's hard working. One of the things that I was uh, talking to uh, some of my uh, partners uh, about about two weeks ago is is that we have not really had a true leader um, since uh, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King or even Malcolm X. Malcolm X. Yeah. And, and if you and 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 to prove my point, if you bring up uh, President Barack Obama, it depends on who's around when you bring it up because yeah. you might get um, accolades and applause that'll drown you out or you might get a he mob. Didn't do for yeah, he yeah. didn't do nothing for me. So so we can we even look at him as um, one of our great leaders? We're divided on that. Well, Sean, um, I actually wanted to talk about a community that seems to be thriving um, before we wrap up this episode. I wanted to talk about them. Uh, Atlanta, Georgia. It appears as though, uh, based on perception, because I don't live there, and I'm not saying it, I'm not using perception as a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. I'm using it for face value. Uh, It appears as though, from my perspective of observing, the black community within Atlanta, Georgia, is thriving and is showing strides of that of, uh, of Tosa having the dollar being circulated within the community, having a lot of black owned businesses, having a lot of people who were rooted in the area, such as those like a TI or killer Mike, um, coming from where they came from and also investing more of their own dollars and time and effort within the community. And I'm sure there's a lot, a lot of other people within entertainment, whether it be basketball, football, hip hop, R&B, or even those who are not in those areas, maybe lawyers, doctors, you know, the whole mm-hmm. nine. Um, what do you what do you have to say about Georgia, uh, Atlanta, Georgia? What, what's your take on 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 the growth that they've made as a community, well, as a black community in a different state? Well, first of all, you know, I lived in Atlanta for 10 years. Right on. So, That's why I asked the question. So, so um, <laughs> I have firsthand knowledge and I personally benefited yeah. from being a business professional in Atlanta in the mid 90s up to the early 2000s. Okay. Um, one of the uh, uh, major components of what makes um, Atlanta such a successful city for African Americans, you know, they call it Chocolate City. Yeah. Um, but one of the components that made that uh, a reality today is that not only is the population in Atlanta more than 40% um, African-American. You also have a rich history of black leadership that has been in position Mm. in Atlanta since the late 60s and 70s. So you have uh, uh, Andrew Young, you have Maynard Jackson, um, you have uh, Bill Campbell, all served as mayors. And after that, they went on to kind of be like ambassadors for the city. Um, So not only do you have black leadership, you have a population um, that is over 40 percent. That's not the norm in most other major cities. And then on top of that, when you have that black leadership in office there, I think uh, when it was Andrew Young, when mm-hmm. he was mayor, he insisted, not suggested, he insisted that when they started expanding um, the Atlanta International Airport, when the Olympics came in 1996, he insisted that black-owned businesses got 40% of those contracts. Wow. So that's why you see Atlanta <laughs> thriving. Yeah, that's, that's what That's why I'm you're going to see that they're the blueprint of what we all should strive to be. But yeah. like I said, it's a 
a, a combination of them having that black leadership coming through there early on um, and not to uh, leave out um, um, Dr. King set up shop there as well. So mm-hmm. he done, he done a lot of the civil rights movement out of uh, Atlanta in the late sixties, um, uh, going up to the time that, uh, he was assassinated. So mm. Atlanta has a rich history and a stronger, inf- the very infrastructure that we're talking about today, about getting us all on the same accord and trying to get back to building our, our infrastructure, building our own businesses and being self-sufficient. Atlanta has been doing that since the late 60s. Wow. And that's why they're so far ahead of everyone else. And most other um, cities that you get to, you're not going to see the black population more than, you know, 10 percent. Yeah. And then you're not going to see the black mayor in office in that city saying, no, nah, if this here goes through and get my signature on it, this many percentages of these contracts have to go to these here groups of people over here. Right. So Atlanta has blazed that trail and they are the gold standard to what we can strive to be. That's what's did up. I, did I answer you? Did, you did. I was I was uh, looking for more insight from a personal perspective of someone who lived there, and you shared yeah. exactly that, brother. And like I say, I have to sh- I have to always show love to uh, uh, the city of Atlanta, even though I troll uh, Falcons fans all the time. <laughs> but I'm just jiving. But I was a part of that uh, community yeah. uh, when they were thrive. I got there right when. Uh, uh, freak Neek was at its peak, <laughs> you know, but, but while we were getting our freak on, we were out there. The the <laughs> we, we were handling our business too, oh, and uh, the, the great thing about it was that if you were a business professional and you uh, found your way in Atlanta and you had enough discipline yeah. and you did what you had to do and handled your business, um, you were gonna prosper. Um, uh, a little side note, uh, though, like I tell a lot of people uh, still to this day mm-hmm. um, that are talking about they're going to move to Atlanta. I let them know real quick. My brother, if you don't have no credentials, yeah, if you don't already have a job uh, guaranteed in writing and you making at least fifteen dollars. Uh, an hour, you better hold what you got. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they don't call it a dirty dirty for no reason. So it's grimy out there too. So mm-hmm. if you get out that way um and you don't have it together, you'll find yourself out there in the struggle. So um by no means am I saying that uh everybody in Atlanta is thriving and on top of their game, but it is a city that has had the infrastructure and the black leadership yeah. to get everybody um that nudge that they needed to get to the next level. That makes sense. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Absolutely, man. And you know my son is still out there. Yeah. He's still out there at Kennesaw State. So I get to go back. Uh, Kennesaw I, State is uh, yellow and black, right? They're, they're Jersey yeah, they're colors. black and yellow. Yeah. Yeah, I've up, been to Kennesaw State. Yeah, they're up northwest of Atlanta, uh, about nice. 15 more miles north of Marietta. Yeah. Um, but I get to go back out to Atlanta about eight to ten times a year. And that number is about to pick up because uh, – <laughs> Um, my company, Iron Step Construction and Engineering, mm-hmm. we finally went ahead and uh, um, got our, we we brought on board a new CFO. Very nice. And she's gonna work out of uh, Atlanta, Georgia, for us. So now, um, I really got an excuse to be on the plane and <laughs> head out there, huh? Head out that way. I just gotta make sure I stay off of Old National Highway. You know, you you have to ask somebody about Old Nasty. <laughs> yeah, I can't say I'm familiar with that one. well ladies and gentlemen this has been a very great episode i want to challenge you all to 
to look from within, you know, adopt a growth mindset. If you're if you're going through a struggle today and you don't see a way out, take a minute to breathe. Yes, sir. Observe the opportunities that are around you. Instead of making excuses for your circumstances, you will begin to see a light come over you. Y'all, y'all probably like Dre getting too philosophical in this podcast now. Yes. <laughs> but I'm just, you know, it's I'm I'm only speaking from personal experience and shared experience. Mm-hmm. I also would like to challenge you all to support each other. Uh, whether that's going to a black owned business and, and spending your dollars with them, or whether that's shouting out a black owned business on social media, or whether that's going to a black owned business and, and just having a nice conversation and just saying, thank you for being of value to our community. Absolutely. And if that black business is not up to standard or meeting your expectation, let them know respectfully. Of course, let let them know, give them the opportunity to make the corrections and give them a sufficient amount of time to do what they need to do to make the, uh, the corrections to make it better because we don't hesitate complaining to other establishments. Mm-hmm. But when we get uh, dissatisfied with uh, our own business owners and everything, we we use that one bad experience and we cut them off forever. And black owned businesses be receptive to the feedback. One of the things that I pride myself on with my business is client feedback. Absolutely. You know, I send out a post survey for every client that I work with and I tell them, be honest with me. Absolutely. I'm still waiting for one to be honest because there's been some great reviews so far, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm all, we should always be open to feedback yeah. as a business because we are servicing the community. Right. And when it's negative feedback, don't take offense to yeah. it. Don't be ashamed or don't have too much pride to mm-hmm. um, let the customers know that you are trying and you want to do better. Um, you just need more resources or you are, uh, you know, you don't have the, the capital to expand to put the things in place to make it better. But you're working on it. Absolutely. Humility will get you uh, a, a, a whole lot farther than just a, a, a ego and, uh, and pushing back and ignoring your customers, because without the customers, your business is not going to survive anyway. That part. Shameless plug, by the way, Sean, if you are interested in any video advertisements or commercial advertisements for your online brand or business, or if you need product photography for your website or social media to help you stand out in in your industry, feel free to contact us at K-I-L-E-E Creations. Y'all holler at my boy. Y'all please (laughs) give him a call. Not only that, supporting him, we want you all to support this podcast. Absolutely. Um, Andre is working on uh, putting together the the, the donation feature. We've we've got that on. We've got that uh, put together. Yeah, so you can support our podcast by making a small monthly donation of $1 to $10. This can be accessed by clicking the link in our podcast instagram bio that is i got sense podcast on instagram or you can go to anchor.fm forward slash i got sense podcast forward slash support once you get there you can go ahead and follow the instructions it's pretty self-explanatory you can also support our podcast though by subscribing to our youtube channel liking and sharing our videos of course Exactly. That's the alternative. If mm-hmm. you if if you can't afford to make a monetary donation, we understand. We still want you to be a listener. 
Um, but you still can support us by going over subscribing, yep. checking us out every Monday when we have a new release. And then go to your family, your friends, your girlfriends, your coach, anybody, and have them all come in and subscribe as well and uh, follow and like us on all the social media platforms because that help us with the advertisement dollars as well. Absolutely. And you can also, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, you can also be sure to leave a review as this will help our podcast visibility um, under the suggested podcasts for new listens. So let me rewind that. Let me drop some. I need some music first and foremost. You good to go, my brother. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to leave a review. This will help our podcast's visibility in regards to suggesting our podcast for new listeners. With that being said, Shine, you got anything else? No, man, it was great being here. Um, I enjoyed doing the podcast, and uh, we are going to be uh, here for a long time. And uh, <laughs> the, uh, the the program is going to survive because the content, brother. Our oh, yeah, content, absolutely. Our, our content is tough. <laughs> And, and, and you know we do the evaluations on all the other podcasts and we look at the other people that are out there yeah um, they're just talking and now look I ain't hold on hold on, hold on I ain't gonna diss the podcast game it's a struggling game for all the podcasters yeah, so shout is. out to all the podcasts I to try to get us in a little <laughs> podcast beef we ain't gonna get in no podcast you got beef <laughs> but but we also not gonna be out here uh, doing a uh, tabloid like uh, podcast either yes sir we want, you, we want you to have valuable information. That's it. Very useful content. Um, and it's going to be meaningful so that when you spend an hour or so with us, you haven't wasted your time. That's all I'm saying. Well, I believe that concludes this episode. See you on the next episode. Hey, peace. Later.